We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Seahawks Man to Man. It is official. The regular season is underway. Wow. Here we are. Mike is over in Indianapolis. Got the Sunday night football game on. The Rams are up. Pretty big right now against the Chicago Bears, but the biggest news is the Seahawks kicked their 2021 season off the right way with a 28-16 victory on the road against the Colts. We got Mike down there. Mike, man, what is going on? Yeah, that was fun, man. I forgot how fun it was to watch football live. You know, that I hadn't done it. And so, well, I guess I did the preseason, but it just felt it felt more real. You know, well, maybe it's because I was watching Russ, you know, and Bobby <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, that, there's just something that's just not normal about, like, watching third stringers and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was, that was fun, man. Win or lose, you know, I don't really care either way. But I thought they should have won that game, uh, and they did. And I feel just like I did after – the Falcons game last year, week one, thinking this team is going to be really good. I mean, obviously some things went haywire, but they won 12 games last year. Yeah. And I've came away from this. And this is a, the Colts are better than the 2021 Colts are better than the 2020 Falcons. Um, so I think, yeah, it was a lot to be encouraged about. Like Pete was fired up. He was willing to talk to us after the post game. Like, I know. He, yeah, he, we had no more questions. He's like, you guys got any more questions? He's like, <laughs> he never does that. That's how, never. that's, that's how, you know, it was a good day. Pete was like, yo, give me what you got. I got time. You know, yes. that's how, yeah, that's how, that's how hype he was. So I like, I like that. He was very excited. I think a lot of listeners tuning in are pretty ecstatic for the season and we'll get, a, we'll get to that of course with the Twitter questions, but I guess we can start with the offense, man. We got to see what the shame water yeah. offense really looks like. It wasn't backups. It was the starters. It was the real deal. My first initial thought was, wow, this is a little different. I thought the tempo, I wrote down, I think, maybe seven times where I noticed up-tempo, meaning they'd run a play, and then instead of huddling up, Russ would get them all back lined up, and then he would directly talk to the players, hey, we're doing this, pass it along, yelling, hey, we're doing this and that. That was cool to see, and it ultimately, I just think it kept the defense, the Colts' defense on their toes for the most part, and it didn't allow them to get comfortable. And that was great to see because usually – 
they might have to burn a timeout because they don't they can't hear the communication is not going well but for the most part they were synced they were all connected good to go they're on one string and they played that way the run game was pretty efficient the passing plays that i did see there was some quick stuff, and then there was a lot of deep stuff. We saw Tyler Lockett take the top of the defense, although I'm sure people have probably had questions about DK Metcalf in the first half. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even get a catch or a target, but I think he had a target, no. I think that was mainly the fact that he was creating opportunities for someone else. There was a play where Will Disley ran a nice little out route, maybe 13 yards, but DK, he created that. I, I didn't, of course, I'm on the TV, watching the TV broadcast, so I didn't get to see the whole 22. So when I watch that later tomorrow, tomorrow on Tuesday or Monday, excuse me, I'll be able to see, oh, DK was able to create this. And I think that really opened up the day for Tyra Lockett, who had two touchdowns, another 100-yard game. And then, of course, DK in the second half was able to find his groove and they were able to work him into the offense. But I think it's going to be pick your poison. Either DK is going to have a great game or Tyra Lockett, or they're both going to go go crazy. And I think today, on Sunday, you're able to see, okay, it start off with Tyra Lockett, but then the Colts are thinking, okay, we got to slow down Tyra Lockett, and then they realize, oh, damn, they got a six foot four guy that runs a 4-3. How are we going to slow him down? And I just really like the flow of things. Everything seemed genuine, solid. The offensive line played pretty damn well. Dwayne Brown didn't like he missed a beat, so him sitting out didn't matter. The guy knows how to play football. He's going to protect Russ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Jackson was solid. Ethan Posick and Kyle Fuller. I don't know the whole situation there. Maybe you'll have more inside Mike on why they were substituting both of them, but I thought they played okay. Brandon Shell, I didn't hear his name at all, so guess what? He had a good day. Usually <laughs> means he's doing okay for the <laughs> most part. Lewis as well. I just went to the whole offensive line. But overall, with, the, with what I saw with the offense, it was fun. Like, I was smiling. I saw Gerald Everett, two screenplays. One got negated for a penalty, but he was making plays. And the ball was – I think you talked about this last year, Mike. You said you talked about how the ball was just being spread around. I forget what game it was, but everyone was just touching it. It was that same energy for the first game of the season, and it was, it was cool seeing it. D. Eskridge came and got a few plays, took a big hit. Hopefully he is okay. We'll probably find out more information tomorrow or Tuesday, but – that was kind of my big takeaway is the offense, man. They are shining. It looked good, exciting. I'm looking forward to see how they go throughout the rest of the regular season. Uh, yeah, there was, was a lot that I learned. <laughs> um, I thought one thing that was kind of interesting, so I'm kind of – I might spill the beans on if this is true. I'm not sure. So I've been trying to figure out when they use tempo. Uh, and I think oh, I, that okay, I see what you're doing there. Okay. Yeah. So I think what they're trying to do is because I was really like analyzing. I have a bunch of notes. It's just mostly on the offense. Like I wrote just about the offense um, Sunday after the game. I didn't really write about the defense that much. I will by the time this comes out, I'll have another morning after uh, piece. Um, but I thought so. I was trying to ID whether how they're using the fr- uh, using the tempo because that's the thing we kept hearing they're going fast, they're going fast. I think what what's really interesting about how they've chosen to go fast and not just be like Chip Kelly's offense is they run a lot of 12 personnel. I think they ended up running 11 more than 12. Um, Before you continue, Mike, can you tell the people what 12 and 11 personnel is? Because some listeners or viewers might be like, what is that? Am I, oh, am I too, am I too in the weeds here? Two in the um, weeds. Okay, so 11 personnel is one running back and one tight end. That's a one and a one, 11. Um, 12 personnel is uh, one running back and two tight ends, um, one and the two, 12 personnel. And you have 13 personnel 
and 10 personnel you have uh, that's like air raid style you just have a running back no tight ends and then just four wide that's like like i said that's what, like air raid spread uh type of stuff so the 12 personnel is probably going to be their calling card this year because that puts their four best pass catchers on the field i think that's dk tyler Gerald and and uh, Will Disley and I haven't rewatched the game yet, but I imagine I could probably guess that when the times that you have written down that they went no huddle was probably because they got a um, a big play in their twelve personnel, okay. and they and because of that the defense was in their like base right, which yep. usually has fat dudes on the field. So what you but Gerald is so versatile that you can basically run eleven personnel with him. You yeah. put him. And the tri- on the trip side of the formation or whatever, you can just get creative with him because he's so athletic. He's damn near a receiver, too, if you need him to be. Um, I think that on his touchdown, I think he was on to, a, to the trip side of the field, maybe. Um, so, like, that, I thought that was interesting. Like, it's not just about going fast all the time. You can't do that. It's yeah. like, when do you go fast? And I, that was one of the indicators that I th- – that's my theory on how they're deciding when and when to – because I asked Shane, how do you know when to go fast? And now he's like – can't tell you what oh, tell you. Run, run tv dude like that's kind of how he looked at me which i understand but it's my job to then go try to figure it out so that was the one of the indicators that i think that is a good play the pro and, and there's nothing really you can do about that as a defense you can try to put pull your big boys out and anticipate that they're kind of doing like an 11 personnel type of package and maybe have your nickel group in problem is gerald and and will can both block so yep. if they're in 12 they're, they could very well just be running it on you. And if they're going to run it on you, you want your big boys in, right? So it's this catch 22 that I think that's the uh, intention there. So that was one of those things that even though it's one game, that like schematic philosophical, whatever thing, if I'm right, I don't know if I'm right on that. I'll ask Shane on Thursday, but I'm, I like to be right. So I'm assuming that I am. Uh, I think that's when I saw that and thought about it after the game, I was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Cause Gerald is really dynamic. He only had yeah. two, two touches today but the the screen like you mentioned that got negated just kind of shows that he, you can just put the ball in his hands and he'll make some um i mean shoot will too will i think the dude will stiff arm is still on the ground somewhere in lucas oil he put that dude in the dirt who was that i didn't i didn't even go back and look did they it say on the broadcast it was it they put they put that brother in the dirt uh that was bad uh so i think that that was one thing that really stood out about like what's the difference between shane and shoddy because if you just look like oh they scored a lot of points had some deep stuff Used some tempo, had some other stuff mixed in. Like that was the case week one last year too. I walked away from Atlanta Stadium thinking that the Seahawks were going to be really good offensively, and they were. They were actually really good. They scored twenty eight points a game. That was actually really good last year. Uh, so I was looking for specifics, and that was a specific that I'm. I really hope I'm right about. I just opened the show with it, and I'm for really stupid if Shane. Uh, well, don't feel stupid. It, it, it doesn't corroborate my story. It's not like Shane told you. So you really, based off what you saw. You try to put the pieces together. You might be wrong, but at least you attempted it. I mean, how yeah, wrong? No. How wrong could you possibly be? <laughs> There's probably I'm probably missing another detail, but that's my theory, and it makes sense in my head, and it probably makes sense to everybody listening. Who knows what all the personal groupings? So let's go. With well, that. yeah, you did uh, shed some light there, but I will say this: looking back at the drive, the Seahawks second drive, they throw their first. I think maybe the second or first play was that screen to Gerald Everett, which would indicate they were probably in twelve personnel. You have Will Disley out there, Gerald Everett, and DK and Tyler. So the next play, they're up-tempo. That's where, if I'm not mistaken, DK takes them deep. I don't know what route he ran, but clearly it cleared out everything because Will Disley was wide open 
on the first down for that out route. They up-tempo it. Chris Carson gets the run. So I think with that, you're on to something because it sounds like with me reading my notes and everything, they were in 12 personnel on those specific plays. So I hope you're right, Mike. They need no, to I mean, some sweatsuits, man. I hope I hope I well, I need more than that. I mean, honestly, another team might give me some sweatsuits if that's <laughs> the uh, if that's the type of like insight I can give them. I can tell you how much they used uh personnel. Actually, shout out to the homie Mike Sando who created a fast way for me to figure this out. Oh, here all we go. I got that all I gotta do is put up a link. Uh they were in eleven personnel, twenty seven snaps, according to True Media. And then fifty and twenty three snaps there in twelve, so a little wow. bit, a little bit more eleven um, than twelve, just by a smidge though. But I think that's that's one of the things that I noticed. The other thing I thought was interesting, and I wrote about this too. I was in my story that came out Sunday or tonight, whatever. Um, Monday. Yeah. What? Well, no, it's it came out already. It's out now. Um, oh, okay, got you. Yeah, Sunday night. Yeah, I just wrote a piece that came out today, uh, but. Dressing things up to make them all look the same mm, yes. but with different outcomes. I thought that was like very noticeable. I, I was, it was one of those where I was thinking it and I was writing it down in my notes during the game. And then uh, Steven, who we had on the show, um, he was sitting behind me actually. He said, he just, he's not talking to me. He just blurted out. He was like, man, they're running, they're running variations to the same play. And I was like, yes, yes, they are. He validated what I was already thinking. And so, because he saw it too and he's so veteran, the fact that he saw it and I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like that, that made me feel good about that. So like, I'll, I'll take, for example, like D's fly sweep stuff. Like that play had the variation where it's D and then they ran the same thing where it's Metcalf taking the handoff. He didn't hand it to him, but they ran it. Uh, then it's obviously you fake to uh, D and then hand it to Chris, or you fake to D, fake to Chris, and then throw it to somebody else. He had one where he faked to Metcalf, faked a pitch, to Chris and then through to Metcalf in the flat. Like it was just all the same type of play, same formation, same guys, but you just never knew where the ball was going. Uh, and I thought that was, excuse me. I thought that was very, very good. And it, it reminded me of like a McVay type of style of offense. Like that felt very McVay-ish, I thought. And that was good. And then just to hear guys after the game, like Gerald Everett told, told us after the game, he was like, yeah, that's the plan. If the plan is to go in, make everything look the same so you have no idea where the ball's going um and then tyler lockett talked about that after the game too you know tyler was like he he, you could definitely tell that what dk meant by defenses off uh defenses figured us out in the second half and it was on the uh, podcast with um brandon marshall right in the summer uh so now now we're getting a feel for what he really meant by that he meant that when he lines up and spot whatever the defense knew that that was what he was running. Like they just knew it. Same thing with Tyler. They just, that's what it means by they got predictable, not necessarily about run or pass. It was more about like their, our film study is showing that when we, our tendencies are, we're tipping our hands, almost like a pitcher tipping his pitches, right? Like they got figured out in that regard. Um, that's probably how I think the Rams admitted. That's how they uh, had to pick six in the playoff game. The film showed them a screen was coming. So dude just jumps it, runs it. Boom. So, the ability to change that up, I think, will be really encouraging if Shane can keep that up because that's – they're right. That is going to be hard to beat because eventually they have so many guys who can do a lot of the similar stuff. Like DK's already tried the fly sweep thing 
Freddie Swain, I think, had one as well. He did. The next yeah. Thing, yeah, then Tyler's going to be the guy coming in motion. And then D, once he gets healthy, uh, like I said, hope he's okay. He took a shot. And then who knows? Maybe, like, it's Rashad Penny doing it. Gerald or, Everett. Yeah, or at Gerald Everett or DJ Dallas. And then you got all these other things you can you can do. And then once the, once the defense is adjust, then you can adjust to that. And so I do think there, there there's a night there there's um I'm starting to see little even if it's just one game as you can tell I was watching pretty thoroughly. You can kind of see why they were using the buzzwords that they were using in the offseason, like um, intricate or um, smart or whatever like those because that is smart. Like you kind of you're already setting up your opponent for the counter. You know, so I thought that was um, encouraging. Like in my mind, I can already see the different ways that you can you can uh, play off of what the defense's keys are now. Because now, when they see this in motion, they'll think, "Okay, this is happening. We've seen it on film." And then, boom, you got some other variation. So I thought that was that that was good. It's not just the fly sweep stuff. That's just the best example um, that I think we can like show that people will know. Like if we were able to do film study on here, that's the one I would look at. Yeah. Uh, so like, Shane needs to keep people on their toes and i asked him about that in training camp i said look man everybody's gonna be surprised week one anybody seen your stuff yeah how do you make sure that you can do that same thing in week 10 he was like yeah you just gotta grow you know you gotta you gotta really be studying the game you gotta really go like not be afraid to go outside of the nfl for ideas he talked about looking back into college or whatever it made me think of when the, the chiefs in the super bowl two years ago pulled out the play from like the 1948 rose bowl or something like that the play where the guys like uh flip around before the yep. snap yeah like pull that from a rose bowl in the 40s right because andy Reid or whoever went back and was willing to expand and grow you know and that was a play that the who are they playing the niners the niners had never seen so those two elements right there just like independent of the production itself, like how many yards Russ, throw, Russ can throw for yards in any offense. You know, Russ, him and Tyler are going to catch it. They, him and Tyler have been catching moon balls, uh, hooking up for moon balls in three different offenses now. Like that part is not a shame thing. Like, you know, throwing a throwing a seam ball to DK is not a is not a shame thing, right? Like DK caught a seam uh, or caught a, a touchdown out of the slot last year in week two against Stephon Gilmore. But those two aspects um, – the trying to keeping the defense on the toes, but how you dress up the play designs, and also, damn, I forgot what was that first thing I said. Oh, when they're using tempo, based on their personnel groupings, I, I like that. Those two things. Shane gets a little little gold star uh, from me based off week one in that regard. I know you're the film guru and you love pulling clips off the dome, but I remember in Bad Boys Two when the drug oh a movie lord, reference. Here we yeah, go. The drug lord. He was, I think, Will Smith and their character. What was their character's name? I'm drawing a blank now. What? Come on, man. Mike Lowry, man. Thank you. Mike Lowry and, Mar and Marcus and Burnett. There we go. They had gotten a. They've starting to realize what he was doing with his drug movements through Miami, through the port, and how he was. Yeah, he was using the dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he was like, "You got to keep them guessing. Keep them guessing." I don't know if you remember that clip. But of course was, I do. I can quote that whole movie, yeah. Well then, yes, that is that's what that's 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 what's playing in my head right now. Keep them guessing, keep them guessing. We need to keep them guessing, and that's what Shane's gonna have to do. Yes, run it, keep it the same style, but switch it up. Gerald Ever coming in motion. Whoa, there's a tight end. I know he's fast, but is he really gonna get the ball? Oh, we gotta follow him. That's going to make this offense more of a threat. When we get to week 16, when we get to week 17, getting ready for the postseason. And I think that's a very interesting point 
that you did make regarding this offense and where it's going to go as the season progresses. But the defense, they shined as well. They didn't play too bad. They stonewalled the Colts. You would think they were going to put up seven, but the screen pass to Jonathan Taylor, Kerry Hyder notices it, is able to get off a block, comes screaming in, makes a touchdown saving tackle, forces them to go and attempt three. I'm sure, Mike, you would have gone for it if you were head coach. Am I right? You're talking about the opening drive? Opening drive, yes. Yeah, it was like from what, the three-yard line? Yeah, I'd have went for that. <laughs> I'd have went for that. I Take think, the I th- points. I think I don't even – I don't, like, I don't, I don't like say, yeah you're attempting either way you're either going for it or you're going for a kick either <laughs> your kicker is not guaranteed to make anything just like you're not guaranteed to get the uh to get the fourth down uh, i think that rust needs to be treated like tom brady aaron Rodgers, or mahomes or even prime drew Brees in that regard of being like you know how the teams would be like we can't kick field goals against patrick mahomes or we you know we need touchdowns to beat aaron Rodgers. you need touchdowns to beat rust too right yeah. like that boy just was smoking uh today that boy was uh, hold on i know you talk about we got the defense thing up there bro <laughs> i could take it down hang on russ was russ was uh time out in, do i have the names right on here before i continue uh no it still says you're me okay let me switch that up just cut them it'll be fine uh for uh, our, our audio audience but what the hell these guys talking about um but <laughs> russ was man look here it's maybe just because i ain't seen russ in a little bit that was Man, they need to fix whatever problems they have behind the scenes. Don't lose that guy. And that was kind of what I wrote about um, beforehand. Uh, I wrote about, like, the season really comes down to if Russ does not win a championship or feel like he's in a position where he can win one, he's going to he's gonna make this ugly and want to bounce, right? That's what he's going to yep. And even – and I feel like I don't need him to validate anything that I say necessarily. But, like, even Rappaport, when he talked – like, he did – Ian Rappaport has a little – Two minute spiel on, on NFL Network before uh, the season kicked off. And he was like, "Yeah, all's good in like Green Bay and Seattle." Like for now, um, he was like, "It's a make or break season for the Seahawks you know, because of what happened in the offseason." It's like, "Yes, thank you." See, I'm not the only. I mean, it's not like me and Rappaport talked about it, but the fact that like we could get, we both got that feel is what I, I that felt good about that. So, and this not, I don't even know how well that's going to go. It's just one week, but it's like, dude, how can anyone think that? You don't. You need Russ. Russ is good as well. That ball he throws to Tyler. Come on, man. That the the throw to DK. DK is covered on that touchdown. He is covered, but he puts it where only DK can get. Like if DK tries to go body catch that, it's it's getting broken up. He hey he, he made DK have to go put his hands. There. It reminds me of that touchdown he threw Greg Olson last year. It's not the exact same, but Atlanta, he throws a yes. laser. Yes, he throws it at Greg's face. And he's he like, Greg, no- you got two ca- you got two options here. You either get hit in the chin or you get a touchdown. <laughs> um, yeah, DK, very similar. So, like, good <laughs> man. Russ was on fire. Good. Yeah, that was he was he was he was torching, man. That boy, he is, he is the real, the real the pocket presence, using his legs. Uh he had that scramble in the first uh first drive on third and nine. Um, picking up 11 yards, I, that felt like a big play. And even her entire locket said it after the game. He was like, yeah, we really needed that. Because if he didn't get that, then we're three and out. They just had the ball for 10 minutes. Defense is going right back out there. The offense is still trying to figure itself out at that point. But he was like, nope, now we stayed on the field. I think they scored. Yeah, they scored yeah. on that drop. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like, oh. That was the no, spark. It, yeah, exactly. It was 39, and it was like, oh, shoot, Russ is going to get sacked. And then he squirts out. And the Colts brought the house. Um, yeah. 
the cor- the safety blitz was it? He came off the edge. I'd have to go. I just know they brought uh, they brought, they brought a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why he was able to scramble because they vacated um, zone because they were blitzing guys. But yeah, I know we can get to we can get to the defense now. But man, Russ was Russ was Russ was special. It was a special day from Russ. Special day indeed. I thought it was a special day for the defense. I'm sure people were like, well, the defense, they didn't finish out strong. That is true. They That's one thing that Mike and I, we talked off wax about closing the game and finishing the beat down per se, finishing off a team when they're already down and out, keeping the foot on, on the pedal and just closing it out. And Jamal Adams, he mentioned that at, at the post-game conference with you guys and talked about it. That's something that they're going to work on. And try to build upon i'll say this it wasn't as bad as it was against atlanta okay <laughs> no that was well they were up a lot longer there too i do think here's my theory before we get into like who specifically played well i think that that goes into why seahawks teams do well like late game be- when it's close because they're still in their normal defense yep whereas when they get into that kind of two shell prevent mode where they're just like i hey, will give you the underneath stuff just you ain't just going hit no big ones on us right like that's their that's it's it's Pete Carroll's worst night worst nightmare to have like uh, uh, I don't know if people saw how the Chiefs came back but like they were down nine boom 75 yard touchdown those are what he's trying to prevent in the prevent defense right that's why he called that I just don't think they should do that it's like if you've played your defense and only given up 10 points through three and a half quarters stay in the defense that only gave up three po- and gave up 10 points why uh, why or what, what's the downside to switching? Well, you immediately give up six, which they which they did when they switched defenses. So, I think that's my theory of why they. I know that the prevent the prevent defense is why they you know end up giving up gimmies at the end of games, but I do think that that contributes. On the flip side of it is why they be good they closing out games in the clutch late sometimes because it's like we're just still in the defense that we know. We're still yeah. in the mindset that we know we're like attacking still. And whereas when they sit back, it's like ah well here's this. Here's 10 yards here. Here's seven yards here. Here's eight yards here. Now a run play here. It's like, well, damn, dude, now they up the field. Uh, like Pete, Pete got to chill with that. But overall, you're right. The the run the run defense today was really good. Yeah, they, they did a really good job solid. against Jonathan Taylor. What's Nine the numbers on there? You got the, I got the numbers. I, I can pull it up. It's 17, Jonathan had 17 carries, 56 yards. Uh, Naeem Hines had nine carries for 34 yards. Together, yeah, they, they that's not great. Yeah, that's that's and then Carson Carson had four of twenty three, but those aren't designed. That's so, irrelevant. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, I'm it's like, pretty sure Jonathan Taylor also had like the most targets and receptions for the for the Colts as well. Like they just used him. They just had to get him the ball. They just didn't have any other answers, unfortunately. Michael Pittman Jr. He made a few plays, but outside of Naeem that, Naeem had I the think, most targets, and they both okay. had six catches. Yeah, it was a tough day. The Seahawks defense was really clamping down and making it tough for Carson Wentz. It took him a while to get you know consistent pressure, but for the most part. He wasn't comfortable, and he took some hits today. That boy going to be waking up pretty sore tomorrow for sure. Oh, oh my goodness. He had Brian Monet lay on him. Yeah, I thought that was a penalty. Did they forget to throw the flag? I thought you couldn't do that. I thought you couldn't drive him to the ground and land him. I don't know, man. (laughs) I I just know. I have no problem with Brian Monet is a heavy young man. 350? I don't don't know if he's 350. Is he 350? 350. He's a big boy. He's the most athletic 350-pound man. I think I've ever seen. What's his jersey number? 90. They got him at 6'3, 345. Yeah. Oh, good God. He eats Snickers. He's 350. That is crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. Hey, I saw you talking about Al Woods, too, running and diving. <laughs> I can't find the play yet. I'm about to go for the, I guess the All 22 is coming back now for the regular season because uh, they took it away I, for the preseason. I need to watch it because I want to see the Bucks game. But yes, I saw that. I'm like, Jesus, man. If some dude was chasing me down, weighing three, because yeah. Al Woods probably a good 330. That's Let me scary, see. bro. I can look up Al Woods too. Here I think Al Woods probably like new, Yeah, they got him at six four three thirty, and he let. I'm telling you, once I find the play, I'm gonna tweet it. This dude went full <laughs> Superman from the backside of the play and caught yeah. the dude. I was like, you know, yo, like, that could be someone's ankle snapping, a whole leg falling off. Like that is so dangerous. But that's football. When you get those oh, angles, yeah, yeah. D linemen are coming. Like he's that he's is, like chasing down a run. I think I was like, it was, it was pass, like a. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a check down to a running oh, back. Oh, yeah, it was a right. play-action pass. It might have been to Taylor or not. not yeah, even, one yeah. of the two. Yeah, one of the running backs. And, and Al Wiz just comes from behind. <laughs> it's a it's a combined tackle. But I was like, good Lord. He's kind of like, left his feet. That should be illegal. You can't leave your feet. If you weigh over 300 pounds, you can't go sprinting and leave your feet. <laughs> Before we get into the the, the <laughs> Twitter questions, some of them will cover the defense, so I think we'll be fine. Yes. But, uh, I was thinking this the other day. Like, who's the best pound-for-pound athlete? On the Seahawks roster, probably. And, okay, go ahead. It's I, I, had, I didn't have an answer, but it's tough. It's tougher than I thought it would be when I thought it. I was going to tweet it, but I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I will after the pot out now. Um, but it, I was like down to like Puna, Dwayne. Um, I think I think Puna, Dwayne, and DK were my best guesses, but like. Man, maybe I'll put Al in there. If he's 330 and can leap off his feet, good he can probably dunk, Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, that dude. You Puna, remember, can, you Puna remember, can dunk. You remember Vince Woolfork, right? He was out there dunking. Yeah, that's. He might have been the most. I, I don't know how tall Vince is. I mean, Al's 6'3, uh-huh. 6'4, so like him dunking is, is not as. It's impressive, but like Puna's like 5'10. Yeah. Let me see what's Puna listed at. I'm just checking. You it. Good thing I got 10, this. 300? Puna's 5'11, 310, and he could dunk in high school. Standing on two feet, disgusting. Like just, just stand there and like Puna might be pound for pound, but even Dwayne Brown is a freak athlete too. I mean, the first play of the game was a toss. Oh yeah, and you see him just fly outside. clearing out the clearing out the DB. God bless any DB that's right there. They think they're about to cover. They got this run play coming, and seventy six is coming right, it's coming off the edge. <laughs> hey, somebody else gonna have to force this. Somebody got to make this tackle. It ain't gonna be me. Not today. Hey. For who and, and for what? Now that uh, maybe we can get some listeners to uh, say who they think is the um, 
is the best pound for pound athlete because there's some good ones on there. Like DK seems like the obvious answer when you think, man, Puna is yeah. really athletic, yeah. man. Jamal, Jamal is too. Um, but yeah, it, man. What about Jordan one, Brooks? Uh, question mark. Uh, yeah, unknown. I wouldn't say the most. They're all athletic, to be clear. No, I, no, I think absolutely. Like, but you're Dwayne about the is most? just like what Dwayne can do at that size, and he can run, and he can bend, and he's strong. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But anyway, we, we can do we can do a question. Now. I just. That just popped into my head. Well, Mike has called it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for our favorite segment. Hopefully yours, too, outside of us, of course, discussing what we witnessed on the Seahawks' first game again as they knock off the Colts 28-16. But, yes, let's get the Twitter questions. We have quite a few, but we're going to get to them because that's what we do. To kick things off, we'll go to our, our guy who's been rocking with us for – man, he's been rocking with us for a minute now, Ryan Turner at Turns44. What he up, Ryan? Off. It was a fun game. Hawks got busy today. It has taken a year for him to get on the field, but Daryl Taylor, he looked outstanding. Who else outside of the normal cast of characters look like they're going to play a bigger role this season? Keep killing it. Appreciate the love, Ryan. I mean, yeah, Daryl would probably be, I mean, Daryl was good. Um, I thought he, so I don't know how much of a, how big of a role Daryl will have, but I do think he has a chance to just make splash plays like that. Cause he didn't play that many snaps. Oh no, I haven't, I think I had it in front of me. Um, he played, he only played 11 pass rush snaps and had two quarterback hits. Like, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's a high percentage. Uh, like, okay, so conversely, right, um, Rasheem Green played 34 pass rush snaps and had um, the same amount of quarterback hits, right, and three times as many pass rush snaps. So, like, Daryl maximized the opportunities that he got. And that's just kind of what it's going to have to be when there's so many good defensive ends on this team. And I think, like, to put into context, like who you get, who you beat for a sack does matter. Like uh, I think it's to do that ESPN South Walter. I think that like tracks true sack rates and stuff like that, and looks at who got cleanup sacks versus who beat a guy and stuff like that. Then who you beat matters as well. Um, so the guy that Daryl just plowed through, I think that's i uh, I'm going to this a lot today. Uh, that's why <laughs> I'm looking good. at the roster for those who are doing just audio. Braden Smith. Braden Smith just got the bag because he's a good tackle, and boy. And Daryl Taylor put that man on his back. It happened so fast. I couldn't even. I was like, but did he trip? I didn't watch the replay. <laughs> what happened? It was, yeah, he was. And he just smothered. God, he hit Carson Wentz so hard. If Carson Wentz's mama was there. Oh, let me make sure she's dead. Is she alive? If Car I mean, Actually, I don't want to get that wrong. Um, but if Carson Wentz's family was there, boy, they probably wanted to beat the snot out of Daryl. Uh, after that, that was that was that was bad. So yeah, Daryl Taylor, man, I think he's gonna be. I don't know if he's gonna be like a stud year one, but I do think he's he's got that in him. He's got that in him where just like I was just talking to somebody. We can go to the next question after this. It's a little long, but I was just talking to somebody on Saturday. I was like, what is so crazy about defensive ends and why they're probably the most freaky athletes on the field other than left tackles is. They're so fast and so strong. Like Daryl's probably here. I go to the here. I go to the uh, the handy dandy. I'm gonna just keep this thing here. Six three uh, two six two fifty five. Ah, uh, he's listed six four two sixty seven. I don't think he's at two sixty seven. But let's say he's about six four two fifty or something like that. And he's fast. And he can bend. But what he can also do is just plow through somebody. That's what Frank Clark blew me away, but he was able to do because Frank was 6'5, 265 or whatever. And he could just put dudes on their back with yep. one hand and then go sack the quarterback. Crazy. So like Daryl would be my 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 vote there. I think Daryl, like I said, I don't know if he's gonna have like a 
Pro Bowl year or nothing like that. But I just think he'll have one of those years where at the end of the year, we're like, oh, wow, this deal guy is going to be something because he, he can play. There it is. Jimmy at Jimmy underscore Lee one with how well the defensive line looked on Sunday. Is there any chance they can maybe trade LJ Collier for a draft pick? Who man, yeah, I, f- I felt bad for LJ, man. He got he was deactivated on his birthday. Season yeah, tweeted that out, and I was like, Ugh. I thought Brady Henderson was gonna tweet that. He's who noted it. We were sitting there pregame, he was like, Man, it's LJ's birthday. I said, Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but like, that's just that's unfortunate. Yeah, that was brutal, 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 brutal. I don't know what they would get for LJ, but I do think that like LJ got benched essentially while everyone's healthy which is an indictment of where he perhaps would rank in the coach's eyes in terms of the d-line talent but that's when everyone's healthy injuries happen he's still if even if the coaches think oh man this guy can't start or he can't play for us when everyone's healthy everyone ain't gonna be healthy all year you need depth and if ultimately your first round pick ended up being a depth guy so be it man he's on the team you're paying him you need depth, right? So I, I do think he can provide some help there. I just I just don't know if like getting like a fifth round pick or whatever, or even like a traditional fourth, is worth losing out on depth in, in a seventeen game season. It's going to be a war of attrition. Guys are going to get hurt. They're going to get banged up, especially up front where D linemen they're smacking other guys every play, right? It's a car crash every snap. So uh, I, I think that it's just not it's not worth it. It's just it's just not. And he, I still think he can play. I don't know why. He, I still don't think he should have been inactive. I, I, I disagree with the with a decision there this one's from a homegirl holly at hallberry03 what, what up what up what was y'all's favorite play or plays from today's game i mean besides al woods going full superman like that <laughs> dog i wish i could find that find the clip of that man i gotta find it uh why wow. i think i think it's the it's the it's the moon it's not the moon ball it's the one it's the cover zero touchdown to tyler man like that's the degree the of difficulty ball. I think when people referencing the moon ball, they might be referencing the 69 yarder. Um, I'm not sure. I think um, they're both, you know, I would consider them both moon moon shots. I consider the the uh the first touchdown more of it because it like it has that arc, like it legitimately looked like it would like go up to the moon and come back down, whereas the other one was just a deep ball. Um they're both great, but for Russ to Russ do that off his back foot, man, and just that is a hard so when Russ throws it, the safety is like right in line with Tyler, yeah, and, or maybe it's a corner. I don't, I can't remember, but he's right there with him. They're like they're directly eye to eye, essentially, and like he has to anticipate that Tyler will float to the right. I mean, maybe that's just part of the play call, but just it just open to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, it was that's that's such a hard. And then for Tyler to make that play, man, you're running forward, looking backwards, like it's just yeah, no, it's it is that that was that was. That, that was impressive, man. And I think the other one is probably Daryl's sack. Because he beat someone good for his sack. Not just not to totally discredit the, the guy that Benson Mayoa and Rasheen Green beat for their sacks. Um, something Davenport. It's, he's like their backup left tackle, though. Yeah, it's like Julian Davenport or whatever. According to our guy, Steven, Davenport ain't that good. So he, was like, he told me before I left the press box, he was like, yeah, man. Don't think that your defensive end is just gonna like do that every time because they did it to that dude. That dude apparently he was getting his butt whooped all camp, uh, Colts camp. Like it was bad, and I was like, dang. And that's the best they got, but they got Eric Fisher, remember uh, former Colts guy. He's hurt, but I think he'll be back. So that's why I think Daryl's play was so impressive, man. It was like man on man. I'm gonna beat the guy in front of me and make a play. That was really good. 
I'll go with mine. It was the 69 yard bob from Rust to Lockett. And I like the route on it. D or not DK. Tyler sold the corner with his head movement and boy did that safety fall for it and it was too late as soon as his hips turned inside it was i mean there's not much you can do and russ laid a perfect ball all locker had to do was run underneath it touchdown so that was really really good to see tyler lockett very underappreciated in this league somehow yeah, no, he can, he can ball. yeah we'll uh, you on. know what actually i got one one thing i want to say on tyler okay. uh, real quick i yep, forgot got time now, um, Tyler said after the game that he's like he's he's really glad that he didn't fall after he caught the ball. Yes. Um, and like because you know they they almost got him. Yeah. Um, but and that's something. And so I was talking, and maybe I'll write about this uh, later. Um, but I do remember talking to the receivers coach uh, Nate Carroll before the in training camp and we're talking about like what's the next step for each guy. And me and him kind of agreed like Tyler likes to catch the ball and go down a lot, like which is smart, protect your body. He just got to. 17 and a half he got 17 million dollar contract per year um and it's off season it's because he's available to the team so i get it but he is best used i think if he can catch it and then go right? like that's got to be what your role is in this offense if he's gonna if it's really gonna be dynamic and the fact that tyler and he said that's what something he's trying to work on is not not falling and stuff like that so the fact that that's on his mind it's another thing like he validated what i've been thinking um, so I thought that was that was smart for that is the next step. Just like the next step for DK is to make hands catches like he did today on that touchdown. On Monday, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the next step for DK, and the next step for Tyler is use the yak ability you have. He was all pro special teamer as a return man as a rookie. Like I you, think in certain situations though he should slide. Like when he's going over the middle and there's linebackers and safeties, I feel it. Well, yeah, he's not putting his shoulder down, but just like <laughs> there needs to be more, more concerted effort to like maybe work on his balance or whatever. So he can he can run through some people, because once he does that, if Tyler can make somebody miss. He's going to have a lot more big touchdowns like that. Got it. This one's from our quarterback, Bernie at C Sports Bros, a.k.a. Josh, for those. Oh, what up, Josh? Who, who's this guy? Are the Cardinals scary or do the Titans suck? <laughs> Might be a little bit of both. I don't think the Titans suck though. Um, I gotta watch that game. I, I it was on the same time as the um, Seahawks game, so I didn't get to. Watch. I'm gonna rewatch it mm, probably Monday night. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, I would guess. I mean, the Cardinals last year didn't they beat the Niners in Week One? Um, so the the Cardinals can do things like this. The problem is their consistency and their uh, their ability to adjust to people adjusting to them. So I still don't trust Kingsbury, but I gotta go watch. Maybe they're different this year the titans defense though was trash like that was predictable uh was unpredictable part was what they did to derrick henry and the fact that like aj brown also didn't have like a catch in the first half or whatever maybe it was julio um their offense not being good was surprising to me even though they lost their oc uh, i still think they i thought they were going to be better and they were not and as a john new smith fantasy owner and a ryan Tannehill fantasy owner i'm very aware they were not good no, they were not. This one's from Kyle Rancourt at Kyle Rancourt. Thoughts on the jersey number rule change? I personally love it. Seeing all those single digits was cool. My favorite new number was Mayoa as number 10. Looked incredible. Okay, Mayoa's the only one that's been throwing me off. Like, I think the jersey <laughs> rule number <laughs> thing is like, great. Who the hell? Oh, that's Benson. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm I'm thinking Josh Gordon. So I see him. I'm like, hold on. Hell nah. Since when did Josh play DN? <laughs> yeah, because 
Because I mean, Benson's I mean, Benson's a lot bigger than Josh, but I mean, th- from afar, from afar, you can't. It's not like a big yeah. difference. Yeah, and they <laughs> same type of skin tone too, yeah, dark skin it, brothers. Hey, Josh back on the team, bro. It, it threw me off. Let's see, what's what's uh, Benson six three two fifty? Right, yeah, which Josh is Gordon's probably 220, 225. Yeah, so, but yeah, I'm 100 yards away, you know, in the press Dang. box. So that I'm 25 pounds don't register, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I'm up there. So that was that was a little weird. But yeah, I love it, man. There's really no point in there being jersey numbers based on positions. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. What's the what's the purpose? I feel like everyone who believes that that should be a thing is just like because it has been a thing. But like doesn't mean it, it, it serves no purpose. It's not like in basketball where the numbers have used to have to be. Um, you couldn't have anything like over that. Our ref couldn't go to the scores table and hold it up with one hand. Like oh foul on fifty five and put five and five up. He can like now you can have whatever number. But in basketball that, that kind of made a little sense because you you know you you call out individual numbers with your hands so much. But now the refs I think are mic'd up or whatever, so it really doesn't matter. So and yeah, and then in the NFL, there's no reason why can't a left tackle wear twenty? You're not gonna know he's left tackle. Look where he lines up. It's where left tackles line up. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of kind of how it works. I don't think it'll get confusing if we were just have a free for all. So I think I think it should just be guys can wear whatever jersey number they want. But yeah, I, I definitely like the new rule. We got the homie Zach Gabel at Z Gabel. Hope I'm saying that last name right. Jeez Louise, man. Should I buy my Super Bowl tickets right now or wait until next week? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Uh, I, I I don't give it a week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, give it a week. Yeah, wait, you know what? Uh, what was the first name on that? It was Zach. Jeff, or excuse me, Zach. Yes, Zach. Sorry Zach, about that. Yeah, Zach. Uh, wait till after the Rams game. That's there's your barometer right there. It's a wait good until team. see what happens. Yeah. Because like like you said, the opening show, the Rams game is on in the background right now, and from what I can like see out of my peripheral, the Rams are good. Talented. Score be damn like they're that's a good, well coached football team that now has a quarterback. So <laughs> look out. Wait wait until after the Rams game, Zach. Wait until after the Rams game. This one comes from Jeff Brown at J O M E two five three. Did they utilize Gerald Everett enough? Seems like the Seahawks rarely went to him, but his plays that he did have, they were impactful. What are your thoughts there? Um. So, okay, I'm going to kind of answer the question, but not really. I do think that there's uh, some sentiment there. I tweeted somebody this too. It might have been Holly who asked, asked the question. Um, but I, I just think that Seahawks Twitter has kind of decided that Shoddy didn't like tight ends or didn't want to use tight ends. The tight ends, quote unquote, weren't used last year. You know, air quotes weren't used. I just think there's a there's way too much of an expectation placed on like what tight ends can do in like a passing offense. Like they can be good, but they're never gonna be like eight nine target a game type of guy. Like two anywhere from two to four per game is like pretty normal, even in a good offense, even in a high octane like. The exceptions to the rule are got Dar- Darren Wallers, Travis Kelsey's, Prime Zach Ertz, George Kittles, even like a Prime Antonio Gates or whatever. Like they should probably amend the rule for like Kyle Pitts. They should, you know, he should be in the seven to nine targets per game type of range. Tight ends aren't just—they're not going to be that. So I don't think we should expect that. Gerald got—he had, you know, minus the play that um, got negated for penalty. He like had three targets or whatever. That's a decent day. For, for like a tight end in an offense that wants to be super balanced and spread the ball out a lot. So, and I think that, I think we forget that 
plays are not who the ball goes to is not always who the play was for. So, like, for example, I bet you a lot of people saw him score. I was like, yes, using the tight ends more. Look at Shane. And then Gerald was like, man, I was the last read on that play. Right. It's like the, the progression just happened to take him there. Now, to be fair, the first read was Disley, a tight end. But my point is that, like, I think that the, they want to get everybody involved equally with the skew towards Tyler and DK, which makes sense. So I think whatever it's doing right now is, is enough. I think his role will expand, but I don't think, I think we need to change how we're looking at like, oh, such as this doesn't use tight ends or this offense uses the tight ends more, doesn't use them enough. What is enough? You know, like I think tight ends just aren't naturally in the past. Like they're not huge pass catchers as is. I feel like everyone plays fantasy should know that. After the first couple big tight ends go off the board, that's usually it. You know, then you start drafting guys in like round seven, right? But so that's kind of where I'm at with the tight ends. They're going to use them, but I don't. I think we need to stop thinking that like Disley and, and Gerald are each going to have like combined for 10 targets a game. I just don't think that's going to be the case. They're still going to be effective though. What are your overall impressions of the Seahawks from last year in Atlanta to this year in Indianapolis? Yeah, like I said earlier, I think the and Colt- this one's from KC Masterman. Sorry about that. Oh, that's somebody who's been around for a while, too. Yes. Um, I think that's an athletic subscriber as well. Um, so shout out to Casey. Um, I think that... Okay, how do I want to put this? The, like I said, the 2021 Colts are going to be better than what the 2020 Falcons were. So and maybe the 2021 Falcons as well. <laughs> uh, no, probably. Yeah, didn't the Falcons get smoked today? Well, um, they didn't even score a touchdown. They got destroyed. <laughs> oh, man. Why, why, why score touchdowns when you got Young Way Koo, right? That's, um, you know, that's how you're supposed to say his name? Yeah, we talked about it with uh, the homie at, with, that works for the Athletic down in Atlanta. What's her name? Tori. Tori works for the Falcons now. But, yes. Um, Tori, yep. Yeah, yeah Young Way. Yep. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, who knew? Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the, the culture the culture are going to be a good football team. That's probably going to be part of what my Monday night or my Monday morning column talks about. Like, the Seahawks beat a really what I think is going to be a competitive team. They didn't just smoke some scrub. Like, I do think there was, like, reasons to be a little concerned. Like, in 2019, they barely beat the Bengals that year. Bad Bengals team. Bad, bad, bad. Like, there was reasons to be like, oh, I don't know how good these guys are going to be. Uh, even after that, they beat a Steelers team barely, and that team was playing like Mason Rudolph, I think. This, I think they really made a team with good players look like they didn't have good players. And you could see it. Darius Leonard made some plays sometimes. DeForest Buckner, good Lord. That sack he had on Russ was just... Just oh. swam through. Hello, oh, Russ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It was like Russ invited him over for dinner, man. <laughs> Welcome to the dinner. Right. Yeah, right in. Um, get it, Russ, cooking dinner. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, so I think th- that was, was impressive. I-, I walked away a lot more impressed, I think. Because I was impressed both times, but I was a lot more impressed today just because I know the Colts are going to be good. I know that they're well-coached as well even though i think their coach a little teeny teeny tiny bit overrated but uh i think they're a well-coached team and they have a good defense and they put up a lot of points against a good defense and they were able to take away the other team's strength the strength is getting the ball to the running backs and while they did that it wasn't enough to kill them. the running backs did not kill them on the ground so I, if they do the same thing next week with derrick henry i think i'll be really 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 impressed then zach can go buy his super bowl tickets maybe this one's from lucha or should I say Luca Vandross at Leo <laughs> D triple four? Is Geno Atkins still a possibility to sign with the Seahawks? And do you think Eskridge beats out Swain for the third receiver spot by midseason? 
And also, Zach, if you're buying, I'll take a Super Bowl ticket too. Like, if you just, you know what I'm saying? You say only your ticket, I'll, I'll take one too. I'm sure Chris, you would as well. Uh, we could fit, I'll buy everything else hotel, flight. Hang on, the company should be taking care of us, by the way. Uh, well, I'm saying if the Seahawks aren't in the game, I don't know. Oh, I see. If, what you're he, if he buys it now, he still has the ticket. That is true. Right? Whether the Seahawks make it or not. So that's true. Yeah. Super Bowl tickets on Zach. Um, <laughs> Okay, the second part of that was whether D will overtake Freddie. I would have said yes to that before D got hurt because getting hurt your rookie year does slow you down. I mean, D was already behind the eight ball because he got hurt once, right, with the toe. Now I think he, I think he has a concussion. Like seeing him get hit like that, like he'd have his arms up and just like that's the concussion sign. Yeah, yeah so, not good. Yeah, I really hope he's okay. Um, so I think it's going to take him some time to get back in the fold. You just see that with rookies. We saw with LJ, we saw Rashad Penny, even Jordan Brooks last year got hurt. Just getting hurt sets you back. Um, so not to say it still can happen, but I think if it was going to happen, I would have expected it to happen like after the bye week type of thing. Now it would probably be, I don't know, because Freddie's a good player. Freddie, he had, he had, I think his only ball today, Russ just skipped in the dirt. That <laughs> was like Russ's only bad throw on, uh, I was on third down. So, uh, I, I think I think Freddie's gonna be a solid like third receiver, but I do think their usage of twelve personnel is where their strength is, and I think they're gonna see that more and more um, through the season. What was the first part of that question? The first part was: Is Geno Atkins still available? Ah, possibility to be. Signed? I think he's. I think he's available. We're still a free agent, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think. I think if anything, so remember I said don't trade LJ because you're not really, you know, you're not doing yourself uh, a service with that. Um, I think that if you are going to do that, you got to sign Gino. So if that's the plan, then you still have that depth there. But if not, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. So yeah, I think he's still definitely still a, a possibility. But right now, man, the rotation looks good. So it might be like a snacks situation where he comes in. It's like you can't get on the field because we got dudes playing well. Remember, snacks only got on the field because I want to say Brian Monet went on IR last year, and that's why. And then when Brian Monet came back. Snacks was up out of there. So it could be a situation like that. This one's from Ninja at Hawks Ninja. Hey, what up? He, uh, uh, he another, or she is a another, big, big another one that we get a lot of questions from, whether it just be the DMs or just asking questions on the, in the mentions. What impressed you most about the Seahawks win and what worries you moving forward the most? The run, run defense was definitely most impressive, as I mentioned before. That's a team that's going to run the ball and they have guys who can run it. You know, not, I'm talking about up front too. Like they got probably the best guard in the league. Um, they got good tackles. Uh, well, they have one good tackle. Um, that Davenport dude probably apparently ain't it. But like that was that was taking away that particular team strength. I thought was was really good. My worry though, and we haven't talked about this group because they didn't do much, was the, is the cornerbacks. I just think that what happened in that game, the few opportunities they did get, I didn't like how the outside guys performed like even i think with dj it was just like one ball but it was like i want you to make that play like he expects himself to make that play he knows he should have made the play i, I think it was like in breaking route i think it was like paris campbell or something like that whoever it was um maybe Pittman. Pittman looked good uh by the way for the colts uh, so i think that was a concern and then, and then look at the touchdown um that carson threw to pascal yeah to pascal dude that was like I watched that route. I, for some reason, I just knew the ball was going there. So Great I watched route. the route. Yeah, I watched the route the whole time in real time. I, I Very rarely I focus on one dude like that. Um, but I did. I was like, dang, this looks like this is going to 14. He, man, 
he created some separation. Yeah. Oh, that's why I was watching him because I think they had scored or something, and it was a penalty on him or something. Maybe oh, it was, it was some type or yeah, he, yeah, it was holding. That's what it was, and they went right it back was, to him. And he scored. Yeah, because he was arguing with Quandre or something, and then the next play it was like, watch this. Yeah, it was, no, it was, it was Trey. It was against Trey. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Quandre just, came over to try to help. That's right. Yeah, so I thought I think that's that's kind of concerning. Like you can't be getting routed up by Pascal. That's just not third and long third and goal with that yeah in the red zone giving them touchdowns so that i think next week is going to be their biggest test and oh man this could go a few i might decide if seattle's a championship defense based almost entirely on next sunday based on what they do against the titans because i think that offense is still pretty scary this one's from chris devers at sark Sarcasticus underscore. <laughs> if I remember correctly, Russ was under center the entire first series and in pistol for the second. Did that have to do with the movement with these centers? Oh, I said I got John New Smith on. He's not on the Titans. My bad. I, I misspoke on that. I do have John New Smith, but he's on the page. He used to be. Uh, yes. That's, I don't know why. I have Tannehill. Um, anyway, no one cares about your fantasy team, but Tupac cares if nobody else care. Um, my bad. You got to read that one again. I, no, you're good. Oh, under, Russ under center. Yes. I knew I heard the question. I'm here. So <laughs> I wish I could show you guys my notes. My handwriting is terrible, so I don't want you guys to see that. Um, but I have UC written next to a lot of plays in there because Russ was under center a lot. And that's just that's another Shane thing. Shane wants him there. It, it makes it easier to run some of the stuff that they want to do, like some even some of the fly sweep stuff, like um, play action. Um, it's a little riskier. When you, when you do it from under center, because think about it, right? You turn your back to the defense. So for a second there, Russ is blind. That is super dangerous, especially if, like, the safety starts to rotate post-snap or something like that, like the Rams uh, like to do. Uh, like, the picture that Russ sees when he snaps it versus the picture after he's been turned around and faked it to Chris Carson and turns back around, it could be entirely different, not to mention a pass rush. Um, but, yeah, he was under center a lot more. Uh, he, he mixed it in, did some gun, pistol, they did. They had a lot of variations of a lot of different stuff. Uh, I think one of them they had like faked a reverse to Freddie and then ran it uh, like like uh, outside zone. I think it was with uh with with Chris. So they they mixed it up a lot. But yes, that, that's something. I think even Mike Sandel might have mentioned that when he was on the podcast with us like in February or something. That that would be one of the things that we'll notice uh, right away is that Russ is going to be under center a lot more. Just opens up a lot of opportunities. Shoot, even like a QB sneak. Like he did do that from under center, right? So I think that I don't. There's a lot of advantages and disadvantages to like play action from under center, run game under center, um, giving your running back a running start versus just ha- out of the shotgun. There's pros and cons, but I think that just in general, that's a shame thing that I think will be a net positive. Speaking of QB sneaks, Taylor Fowers at Taylor underscore Fowers, another listener that asked quite a bit of questions. On a scale of one to 10, how surprised were you when the Seahawks ran a QB sneak? Yeah, because they go under center that much, I wasn't surprised because, I, like I said, I've been tracking it, so I, I see it. I will say this, though, says about the Seahawks. I don't know who retweeted or quote tweeted when I tweeted that uh, Carson fumbled on his QB sneak. Dude, go look at that tweet. It has like 300 retweets or something like that. It's like what the hell like people and it's just most people just slamming cars with like a few people like taking it way too literal to be like oh well it was a bad snap it's like well, i don't care you fumbled on the qb sneak and nobody <laughs> yeah that's just whatever like carson is 
oh my goodness they hate him just Jalen Hurts killing it when Carson Wentz actually Carson wasn't even that bad I don't think um his protection was not great um but yeah I feel bad for that dude that dude he was getting dragged in my mentions and I was kind of only like half joking but yeah that was rough but no I was not surprised to see the QB sneak because that's the stuff you can do when you're under center do QB sneak this one's from Giltzer at Dennis G-I-L-L-10. Why do the Seahawks let teams hang around in the second half? They keep playing down to their competition and it almost cost them. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier too. They just get, that that defense is just not meant for them. That whole like, don't give up nothing deep. It's so weird because Pete's whole philosophy is don't give up nothing deep, like to start the game. So I don't get how like you switch to something else to do it to prevent deep passes and stuff like that late in the game. I just don't, I just don't understand. Uh, it lets teams get in a rhythm because they can just dink and dunk their way. And now they can go no huddle. I just don't, I don't like it. I don't know if it's playing down to their competition because they've done it against good teams and bad teams. They just, that's just kind of how it works. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think that's a Pete thing. He should, he should stop that. If, since they're in the mode of listening to us, listen to me on that one, Pete. <laughs> this one's from James at hopeful hughes is the offensive line actually good or is it too soon to tell also how underrated is carlos dunlap i don't think carlos underrated man is he made like a pro bowl he's a good dude um isn't he like 13 sacks away from 100 or something like that for his career dude can ball um so i don't think he's underrated the o-line i mean i think the o-line will be fine i think it'll be the best o-line russ has had I mean, there were some plays in there where you can just see all oh, these guys. Like Dwayne talked about Dwayne. He's mentioned you didn't hear Brandon Shell's name, so it probably means he was all right. I thought Gabe Jackson had some really, really good uh, plays in that game. I, I'd have to go back and watch to see what the center position looked like uh, outside of that one play from Posick that wasn't wasn't good. Uh, but just in general, I think the O line is going to be good. Now, can they stay this good even if they sustain some injuries or something? Like that's the question. But from a talent standpoint. No, I think this is this has a potential to be like a top twelve O line, which is like way higher than any other O lines Russ has had in a long time, so or ever. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of bullish on the O line for now. This one's from Ralph at Ralph seven four two six nine eight. Is this the regime green we should expect moving forward? Ralph, you have way too many numbers in your Twitter handle. That was, that's like Russian bot territory, Ralph. You need to do better. Um, I think, so that's, remember I mentioned what tackle that Rasheem had the sack against? I think that's important too. Like, even like Rasheem, Rasheem's in year four. It was in the preseason playing against guys who ain't in year four and balling out against guys who ain't in year four. Not to say that he's not good, but you have to contextualize production you know sometimes he's playing against backups and stuff like that balling out it's like well yeah you you know you're not a backup right so i do i don't think we can expect that every week i do think Rasheem will be a decent player i don't know what that means for keeping him going forward though because he's in a contract here so we'll see this is like his audition to see if he should stick around this one's from at carmen rana why do you believe Seahawks the Seahawks changed their defense from a 4-3 to a 3-4? Um this this would take me a little bit too long to explain. But one of the advantages is run defense 
you're you got every gap covered um when you go there um there's some coverage reasons as well but i just think it kind of fits how their team is currently constructed because puna ford so versatile and doesn't need to be over the nose um and they've just found really good nose guys in brian and, and al and brian who's even athletic enough to be a three technique around uh, lining up between the guard and the and the tackle they i think it's just a it fits their personnel a little bit better. i mean they've always pete carroll's kind of always been running he's always like three four personnel he just always ran a four three but i think right now the way they have it set up and the way teams are like to have been liking to beat them on the edge and things like that like with fly sweeps and stuff like that um getting outside making the linebackers have to do a lot of work um horizontally i think i think it, that's had to do with it but yeah, there's a few reasons it's, it's a personnel thing most the way they're constructed now this is the better way to go about it i think i agree with this one on pete's you know pete don't have to listen to me this time but i still need my sweatsuit Got a long-time listener asking a question at Chris Dunn, at Chris underscore Dunn 3. It seemed like there were a lot less runs that went either nowhere or backwards. There, excuse me, there were a lot of runs that went nowhere or backwards. What grade would you give the offensive line as a whole, and then what grade would you give the defensive line as a whole? The D-line was probably like a B. I thought they were pretty solid. Um, I don't think – I'd have to go back and watch some of the run blocking on offense – or wait, is that a question about the which offense is he asking about that had the the runs that went backwards? Colts or he's definitely, yeah. I think he's definitely talking about the Seahawks. They didn't have too many. I think for the most part, Chris was able to just break the tackle and keep going forward, which he's always done for the most part. He never really he always fights for for yardage. But I guess I'll, I'll answer both versions of it. I think the the D line did a really good job against the run, as I mentioned. But I thought the Seahawks O line. So if that's about the Seahawks O-line, I think that's a little off. I thought they were really – I mean, even Rashad's two runs, you know, were just like little four-yard joints, but, like, that was, they were fine. DJ Dallas, I think his only one run was, like, uh, a decent run, and then Chris Chris did his thing. So I think the O-line – the run game did his part. Seattle did his part at every level, I thought. The Colts, not so much. Our last question comes from – Tough guy football. I love that name. <laughs> is there a real veteran center available that the Seahawks can go? You only live once on win now mode and trade for. Not sure how the Seahawks can escape this division with pass rushers and the current situation at center. Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of veteran centers just sitting around that can help this this team. But I think I think we got to give Kyle Fuller a little bit more of a shot. I do. I think that Pete Carroll knows that they didn't get to battle it out in training camp and now wants to try to use the regular season games. It's like, oh, let's still always compete. No, no, you should not. <laughs> nope, nope. Competing's over, buddy. Do, game don't time. do that. Yeah, you don't do that. Nope, nope, nope. Um, but I, I think we got to give Kyle Fuller some more games. I want to see okay. him. I want to see him all the way up to the Rams game because he's going to play some good fronts here. I mean, even next week. The next few weeks, he's playing some good fronts. Or they at least have some guys on the team that are talented. Um, so, actually, I don't know about the Titans front. But they got the Vikings, good front. Uh, Niners, good front. So, we'll wait and see. I don't think... I, I, I'll give Kyle, Kyle, uh, 
Kyle Fuller the benefit of the doubt on that. Those are the Twitter questions. We oh, that was the last one. Yeah, we Woo. appreciate everyone out there asking them. We we love it, man. Thank you so much. But yeah, what a fun episode. The season is underway, Mike. We are no longer talking about preseason, the off season. We're 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 in go mode, man. It's late nights for the both of us, especially for you on the East Coast. It's what pushing midnight now. Uh, yeah, I'm tired as hell. Um, but I'm a power through. We'll be power fine. through. But yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to the shout out to the homies at the Up and Up. That's what the shirt I'm repping is. If you guys see that, there you go. Make sure you go go rock with them. Shout out to the homie Die Two Pro Black Hat. Film doing all the marketing out here. Anyway, wow. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm just you know, black owned clothing lines. It's, uh, there it is. Yeah, great thing, man. We appreciate you guys coming with another uh, episode this week. We're back at it two a week every week. You know that's the that's the new motto: two a week every week. Well. The bye week, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be chilling. Both are gonna but, be chilling. We're gonna, yeah, we might have chilling. something in store. Maybe we'll have an interview or something. Yeah, maybe pre-planned because I'm <laughs> taking the week off. Uh, I, I can already right. tell it's gonna be a grind. But uh, yes. yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe and do all that good stuff. Uh, if you're listening on the audio version, remember we are available on YouTube. Come rock with us on YouTube, especially please, if you want to see please. us. Uh, even if you don't, we just need the YouTube views up. So yeah, we, we're trying to get know, to a thousand subscribers. We're almost there. We're halfway there. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get those up. So even if you even if you're just listening, just put it on YouTube and put your phone down. And you know, don't that really works. Care. Yeah. yeah. So fact, it's still if just you're listening, yeah, what Mike just said. If you're listening right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you're listening, iHeartRadio, just go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel because we have some cool ideas that we want to do, but we have to have a thousand subscribers. So just just help us out. How about that? <laughs> there we go. There we Before go. Before you go, though, you, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Hot take before we get out of here. Oh, Ooh. oh yeah, it's a new season. We back at it, baby. Um, dang, that is that is tough. You know, I think. Okay, this is. I'll, 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 I'll do this. I'll do this. This will be the this this is going to be the year that Russ gets multiple MVP votes. This will be it. Well, then they this'll go the pretty far if that's the case. That means that, that's a good sign. Um. Well, I don't know how far they'll go. I think didn't, didn't didn't Lamar win it and they lost their first game uh, in the in the, the postseason? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. They like the Titans or something. But I, I yeah, that's my hot take. There we go. That's pretty hot. We'll see how it goes. We'll catch you guys later this week with another Seahawks Man to Man episode. Everyone have a good night, good day, good afternoon, whatever it may be. We'll holla at you later. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.